On February 9, 1953, the American Broadcasting Company flickered to life in homes across America. And television would never be the same. This is ABC Television Network. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of May 13th, 2018. This is episode four. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Thank you very much for continuing listening. I hope everyone is doing well out there. Let's go straight to the news. Big Hero 6, the TV, animated TV series, will be starting on June 9th on the Disney Channel. And Disney XD. Check your local listings for which channel and when exactly it will be on. ABC has passed on the pilot for the Greatest American Hero reboot starring Hannah Simone. ABC also has canceled Inhumans, Deception, Kevin Possibly Saves the World, The Crossing, the summer series Quantico, and Designated Survivor. No word as of yet on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Epcot has confirmed the location of this space-themed restaurant. It will be located between Mission Space and Test Tract. That's not too surprising. On May 11th, the Maleficent Dragon float at the Walt Disney World's Festival of Fantasies Afternoon Parade caught fire. Thankfully, no one was hurt, injured, or killed, but plenty of videos are surrounding on the interweb. Uh, you can even go to the Disney Marvel Podcast Facebook page. I have a uh, link to it there. On to the rumors. Speaking of Walt Disney World, rumor has it Dino Land, Chester and Hester's, the Boneyard, and the Dinosaur Ride are all going to be redone as Indiana Jones-themed areas for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Dinosaur will be rethemed to the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. Both of them share basically the same track and use the same type of vehicles. The rest of the vehicles, everything else will be relatively new. Again, I would treat this as a rumor, as it does not fit the park's theme, but it's a rumor just the same. I figured to report it, and we shall see what happens. More Avengers? In a recent earning call, Bob Iger stated that there are more stories to be told, and these characters are well-beloved. Why should we have seen the end of them? So, again, we shall see. Money talks, and contracts can be rewritten. So for this week's topic, it doesn't fully have to do with Disney, but how I came upon it. Well, in the news, I just told you about some of the Disney, the ABC shows that were canceled. My wife and I were going over the cancellation list and see which one of our shows that we like, which ones we should delete from our DVR and not bother continue watching, and uh, which ones we haven't found out yet about. I was a big designated Survivor fan and surprised of its demise. It was doing good for the ratings and uh, was profitable internationally. So I got to thinking, well, why does a show get canceled? What is the deciding factor for a network to pull the plug on 
to some people's beloved television viewing viewing enjoyment. Did a little poking around the internet. And uh well we all know ratings. Ratings are big for t- TV shows. But it's more than who just how many people are watching it. Because the networks now break it down to demographics. Where are these people watching it? How many are male? How many are female? How many are the in the age between 18 and 24? How many are the age between 24 and 35? Different age groups. It's you know they target these shows so specifically now to age groups and demographics. It doesn't matter that 2.4 million people were watching it, but if it's not the right 2.4 million people, maybe they have to switch the show around a little bit, rewrite it, talk to the producers about that. Or even just, well, let's cancel this one and put a show more appropriate for that age group because that age group is watching at that point. It's a a very weird game that they play. Um, So you go, that's the ratings. Then you also go, well, can we sell the airtime, the advertising, commercials? What kind of commercials can we sell? Because, again, going with the ratings, the demographics demand on what commercials are shown if you could get if your demographic is mostly males well it's male oriented commercials if it's mostly women it's female oriented commercials so again that's how the ratings also connect and affect the show if they can't sell commercial and airtime you know you get a show say about car safety um are you going to be demonstrating? Are you going to be advertising, say, bras during it? You could. But if the focal group tells you, well, mostly males are watching this, well, why is, say, Playtex going to want to pay upfront the money, pay the money to the network saying, okay, here's X amount of money that we expect to recuperate in sales for you to air this show? But if mostly men are watching it, how many men are going out and buying bras? Insert Seinfeld joke here about the brazier, the brosier, or the bro. Um, so that's how that works out. But that on top of it also goes to, well, how much does this show cost? Because, well, obviously these things cost money. And your sitcoms, your sci-fi shows... You have to pay the stars, and depending on the show, you're paying those stars sometimes a lot of money. And what was it? The Friends cast was making what a million dollars an episode or something like that. Friends, Seinfeld, one of them. The you know these that's a lot of. Some of the movie stars don't even make that kind of money, and you're on a syndicated show that lasts half an hour, an hour at most, and you're making that in an episode. You better be doing some really good work there. But again, that just that is only justified by does it get the ratings? Does it get the viewership that the show wants? Are the commercials? Um, how much money are they bringing in through the commercials? But don't think that every show costs about the same amount. You're not paying Pat Sajak as much as you were paying David Schwimmer. You know, game shows substantially less. Even if you are paying the principal cast, there's usually just one or two people, three or four maybe at the most, but your principal cast is substantially smaller 
the sets are expensive, and then you get people who willingly want to come onto the TV in the hopes that they're going to get something. A lot of times, majority of the people on game shows get nothing. Or if they do get something, a lot of times also, those products that they win are donated by the sponsors. Because then you have the principal host of the show going, oh, you won so-and-so by XYZ company. You won a car by Ford. You know, so it's it's inserted advertising. It's free advertising for the company. You know, they'll give up whatever it is because they know that it's free advertising. Then you also get those reality shows. Well, those people make money too, but again, substantially less. There is, I'm sorry if this ruins the veil of reality TV for you, but there are scripts involved. The, the reality TV is such a oxymoron of a title. Majority of it, there's no reality to it, obviously. The script writers, it's so much easier. A lot less involved in sets. Again, most of these people are no-name people, so the amount of money that they have to pay out to them is practically nothing. You shoot it quickly in a time span of a couple of weeks, generally, or maybe over a month. Quick editing, because it's reality, so you just either put in the interviews, if they're doing the interview segments. If not, then you just kind of cut out some of the dead air parts. And voila, you have a cheap TV show ready to air, which you're going to make lots of money off of. Hopefully. That's all. You know, it all comes down to they're, they're doing this for money, not just for enjoyment. But some other things that factor in. Does the network own the show? And what do I mean by does the network own the show? Because the production studios usually own the show. But is the production studio part of the same overall family, like ABC? owned by Disney. Is it a Disney production studio? Let's take for instance Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen sitcom that was on ABC not that long ago. It was aired on ABC. We all know Tim Allen to be a fan of Disney who works very closely with the Disney company for a lot of movies and a lot of other stuff. Home Improvement was an ABC casted show, uh, produced show. Last Man Standing was not an ABC show. It was a Fox show. Now, barring the whole Fox acquisition, that happened all afterwards, but Disney had to pay Fox for the show. Were they getting the revenue to justify paying Fox the whatever Fox requested for the show? Fox doesn't care how many people are watching the show. As long as Fox is getting its money, you know... You could ABC could have been making $2 on it. They didn't care. Fox was getting their money. But ABC cares, obviously, because not only do they have to recuperate the, the licensing fee that they have to pay Fox, they also have to now make an additional profit on top of that. But also, get, let's get into some more interesting facts about it. Many shows, the majority of the time, the shows are going to really make money is when they get into syndication. Syndication usually starts around 88 to 100 episodes, or roughly four full seasons. And that's where the network can now go out to other networks and say, hey, we have this batch of shows, we will let you sell, we'll sell off the license for it so you can air it, and then you pay us money, you have something to fill a time slot, you don't have to produce new content for it, it's a win-win for everybody because usually it's sold at a discount. 
the network's already made money off of the show initially. It's paid its overhead on it. They don't have to pay the stars any additional, depending on the contract. And then there you go. Because late at night, they need to fill those time spots. They, the networks don't go off the air like they used to 60 years ago. They're on 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. There's always something on. Now you got the infomercials late at night on a lot of the networks. But you also will have syndicated shows. You go to one of your local channels around here. Well, one of the local channels around here late at night. They got the Honeymooners on, followed by Friends. That channel had nothing to do with Friends, but it was sold in syndication. So people like enjoying watching reruns of different shows. They will they get their opportunity right there and then, late at night. Someone's got insomnia. Well, now I got a show that I enjoy to watch on. Sometimes other things that will cancel show, though, it's just too old. Take CSI. It was on for 15 seasons. How much fresh content are they producing out of it versus, okay, let's put, let's, it's time to wrap this up before the show gets completely stale and we start losing money on it. Let's try and cap it at a good point. We'll be able to get the syndication because, well, 15 seasons, you definitely have enough content to sell in syndication. You have stars that, okay, I'm sure they're starting to get a little restless and move on. Uh, ABC's Castle. They wanted to cut out a couple of the principal uh, actors or actresses to help reduce the cost. Because, well, as shows go on, stars want more money or more effects are needed. Computer effects for like science fiction shows or different things like that. Sometimes that stuff gets more and more expensive, especially as technology moves forward. We have to buy new technology to buy new, you know, to produce these new special effects. So just because a show gets older doesn't necessarily mean it gets cheaper. A lot of times it gets more expensive, especially when it becomes popular, if it stays popular. That's, I mean, when you think about it, though, The Simpsons, all right, it's been on for, what, 25 years now? 300 years, something about that. But it's animated, so it's all hand done. It's hand drawing, or sometimes they, I, I don't know if they're using uh, computers now. But uh, for the most part, it, it's hand drawn, so the cost of production should stay about the same. You're just paying the animators. I'm not saying that is cheap, but Homer Simpson himself isn't going to be asking more money. Now Hank Azaria and the um, Ural Smith and all those who voice them, of course, are going to want more money. But again, a voice actor—I'm sorry to say—you're not going to be paying as much as you are going to be paying a on-screen personality. And then one of the other things that could possibly put the nail in the coffin for a show: politics. And what I mean by that is kind of office politics. The network itself changing directions. The board of directors saying, okay, well, you know what? We're finding things like this are going to, uh, are becoming more popular. Let's, let's focus this group over here. Let's shift these bank of shows. Or we no longer want to air this type of show and put this uh, other type of show on. Or you get a new network head or a new pro head of program um, management. And they may not be a fan of such and such show. There's a, not that it has to do with TV, but there's a, so there's a story out there that Chris Sanders was 
this is when he, he's down in Florida because he's part of the Florida Animation Studio, was having lunch with John Lasseter. I believe it was actually at the Swan and Dolphin. And Chris Sanders was trying to pitch some ideas of, I believe at this point it was American Dog. And John Lasseter was going to him, okay, okay. Now, what is your book of work? Why, you know, what, how are you going to do this movie and what kind of storyline are you going with? Because I'm not too crazy about it. And Chris Sanders says, well, you know, I, I did the Stitch movie, the Lilo and Stitch. And it, it made a lot of money for the studios. John Lasser just turned to him and goes, well, I didn't like Lilo and Stitch, and this is how you're going to do your movie. So there was a whole huge creative difference there. John Lasser saw American Dog going one way. Chris Sanders saw it going another way. John Lasseter trumped Chris Sanders. That's how Chris Sanders wound up leaving. This is supposedly how Chris Sanders ended up leaving the Disney company and fell into the laps of DreamWorks. He created How to Train Your Dragon. That's a whole other story. And then John Lasseter took the reins of the project, took the idea, changed it into what became Bolt. You know, there's some references and still some little bits of... of American Dog left in Bolt, but for the most part, completely different movie. The, but that's that's how TV studios will work it as well. The, if someone comes into the network and says, you know what, I don't like this show, or I don't like those that group of actors or actresses, or production company, whatever it is, and say, okay, we're pulling that and we're gonna fill it with something else. That's what happens. They, they'll just cut a show that way too. Sometimes, they'll come up with an excuse. So, oh, it's ratings weren't as strong as we were hoping. Revenue wasn't good. We wanted to go a different direction with the time slot. So, a lot, a lot of times of that type of politics, unfortunately, does play into the longevity, the sustainability the life of a TV show. So, what are some of your favorite TV shows that unfortunately have been canceled? Whether one's just like, that have just been announced their cancellation. Like I said, mine, Designated Survivor. I was actually even getting into the, the new one, um, Deception as well. I was starting to enjoy that. Like a lot of people said, it reminded me of Castle in a slightly different way. But I liked Castle. Castle was another favorite show of mine. I understand that one was starting to run its time. It was time for that to go. Doesn't mean I don't miss it, but I understand why it went. Deception, I don't believe, was actually an ABC Studios production. So maybe that did that have to part of it? Why didn't uh, stay around? Could have just been the ratings? Could have been something else. But again, my question to you on this episode is... What are some of your favorite shows that unfortunately you feel have gone way too soon? Now, it doesn't have to be one that was canceled this year. It could be one that canceled a couple years ago. You're a big fan of the Las Vegas show with Josh Duhamel. Maybe that one. Um, let me know. Leave them on the comments. Put them up on the Facebook group. Let me give you the Facebook group ad uh, web address so that way you can come join us on there for discussion and also I often often post news topics up there. It is facebook.com slash 
Disney Marvel's Podcast. Again, that's facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast. Feel free to also email the show if you have any suggestions, news, tips, or possible rumors going around out there. I want to know. Please send, send me an email. The email is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Again, the email, DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. I want to end this episode with a, well, my usual quotes. This one, again, from Walt Disney. <clears throat> is, why worry? If you have done the best you can, worrying will make it any better. And that is very true. If you have felt you've done the best you can, if you're taking a test and you study as hard as you can and you don't think you could have studied anymore, you sat down and took your time with that test and you did the best that you can, why worry? If you had a project at work to do and you know you put in the best effort that you can with that project, why worry? It doesn't change anything, but it may make things worse for you. Hope everyone's doing well out there and I hope you're going to have a great week. Hope you have a magical time, and please share the sh share the show. Let everyone know out there that you're listening. Get every, every as many people as you can on board this show. Let's keep it going. Let's get things strong. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll talk to you next time. Yeah.